So hello and welcome to episode 41 of United United. We're featuring uh, match day 28. We're reviewing match day 28 today and previewing the European games this week and uh, match day 29. I'm here with Jem. Hello, Jem. How are you? Hello, Dave. I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not much better, actually, Jem, to be fair. What a week it's been. What a terrible, terrible week of football we've had to endure. I'm not sure who's come off worse, Jem. Probably you, but it's a close run thing. Uh, Jem, tell me about your week. My week, Dave. Um, how do I describe my week in a, in a word? Dreadful, I'd say. Um, I mean, I don't, where, where do I begin, Dave? Where do I begin? Well, you, had, you were supporting a certain team on Saturday evening, a certain London team on Saturday evening at a field in Liverpool. And then you were supporting a certain Manchester team on Sunday afternoon. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, you're right, Dave. Saturday, I was supporting a giant club from London called West Ham. <laughs> uh, and you know this, this I, I was hoping this would be a good result and set me up for the weekend um, unfortunately before the game Declan Rice was out of the game so that was a big blow I was looking forward to seeing our future midfielder at Man United playing <laughs> against Liverpool but no Rice no party um, they've uh, I, I think you can tell how annoyed I am and I'm sure you're really annoyed because yeah. Because of the decisions that occurred in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, we've never been fans of VAR. Nope. And VAR ruined this game for us, Dave, on Saturday evening because, you know, West Ham, they go goal down because of a dodgy VAR call. Yep. Mane scores 1-0. Dave, this same call in the EFL Cup final, the Ken 2 call or the Klopp 2 call Cup final last week, uh, it was given against Lukaku. Exact same situation. Yep. Disallowed. And there's no consistency with VAR, Dave. They, they draw the lines where they like to suit what they want to happen, Jim, in those close ones. Uh, I'm convinced of it. Yep. Uh, absolutely disgusting. As, as, as we, we always agree on VAR, we hate it. Yep. Yep. Um, and then a, v, a Virgil van Dijk elbow, Dave, on, yep. on Fonals. Um I mean, that would have been a crime outside of the football pitch. You would have been in jail overnight. Not even VAR, Jim. Not even VAR. And Virgil van Dijk picks up Fornals, who's rubbing his face where he's been elbowed, and laughs. Yep. I mean... Sums it up. Who does he think he is? It could have been yeah. concussion, for all we know, Dave. And yeah. Van Dijk could have caused a serious injury there. So yeah. they need to look back at that and get him banned, because that was... That was disgusting. You know, he, he was laughing then, wasn't he? But he wasn't laughing so hard when Jordan Pickford came out last year and, and took him out. So No, he wasn't. You know, I think he should be... Uh, remember remember his level, Dave. Um, and, and you know, we can, we can complain about VAR as well. But, you know, Dave, I know what it's like to support a club and support players that let you down week in, week out. And I've got to say, the West Ham players especially Antonio, Fernals and Lazzini, with the chances they missed, Dave, they let us down big time. Um, they missed so many sitters. We could have been 5-0 up at a field in Liverpool and that would have been a fantastic, fantastic result. So, really disappointed in them, Dave. 
but it, have you got anything to say on them? On them well, today? yeah, I have, Jim. I mean, I'm, it's it's good to have you on board to share the disappointment, Jim. I've got to say, um, and those three are my most annoying players of the week. Uh, they got into good positions. I mean, for nows, he only had to dink the ball over the keeper, and he just dinked it up into the air over the keeper, giving. I can't remember who the Liverpool defender was, enough time to get back and clear it, which, mm. was, frust- which was very frustrating, very annoying-toing. Um, Antonio put clean through by a fantastic ball from Noble, who so- shows he's still got it at this level. Um, and uh, dilly-dallied, lost the chance, should have just hit it first time. Lanzini, brilliant bit of control from the cross, takes it down, volleys it over the bar. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah. These are these are professional footballers, Jim, getting paid a lot of money to do this. Yep. I mean, I think I could achieve some of the things they achieved there, some of the misses they achieved. That's how that's how bad they were. On Declan Rice, uh, you know, he wasn't playing. And one thing I'll say about that is, you know, with Lanzini playing there, we didn't miss him. And Lanzini did a good job. And I think it shows that, you know, with or without Declan Rice, Jem, we can still lose. <laughs> so, what's really frustrating is we couldn't even beat the German Gary Monk, could we? <laughs> him on the sidelines with his cap, grinning away. We couldn't even beat him. Really, really just no. uh, frustrating. Yeah, I, I agree, Dave. He is the German Gary Monk. I love that. I love that. Uh, that's, that's fantastic. But there was a couple of things, I've got to admit, Dave, that cheered me up. In this game, um, number one was Catface. Uh, the Liverpool fan, I don't praise Liverpool fans very often, but the Liverpool fan that brought the giant Catface to the crowd. How did they get up. that? How did they get that in? <laughs> Absolutely brilliant from them. It, it is a giant Catface as well. I mean, I, I'll put it on the Instagram post. It is huge. Yep. And it's got kick me written on it. <laughs> Which they held up every time Zuma got the ball. Uh, disgusting. I mean, some say disgusting, some say justice. Uh, Zuma deserved this. So I've got to say fair play to this Liverpool fan. Um, we'd like to get in contact with you and invite you down to the podcast if, if, if you're listening. Um, and then also the, the plane that went over the ground, Dave. Yeah. With a sign saying, Cat Lives Matter. So, you know, Liverpool... Liverpool fans did pretty well to get in Kurt Zuma's head. Uh, Kurt Zuma, I don't know if you saw this, he, he, he couldn't have missed it, really. He couldn't have missed the cat. No, he couldn't have missed the cat. That was huge. So, brilliant from Liverpool fans. You know, they, they've done something, you know, that's worth praising for once. So, well done to them. And also, it's... <laughs> and not only that, Dave, it's also three points dropped for West Ham. Um, yeah. Which, when it comes down to this part of the season, I think there's what thirteen games left, twelve games left. Um, you know that's that's big in, for us in the in the fight between your team and my team for seventh place. That could be massive. <laughs> exactly, the Conference League is still on for both our clubs. <laughs> and Dave, I just want to pick up on something because yeah. at the end of the game, uh, I can't remember who it was now. I think it was Finals was subbed off, yeah. and. A kid called Daniel Chesters was was subbed on. Yep. And 
that showed me the strength and depth that West Ham have got <laughs> at the minute. Uh, what on earth is wrong with the squad? Daniel Chester's. What's that all about? Well, I've got to say, Jim, I was watching this game and when he came on, I was like, who's he? Who is this? And I probably should be more in touch with our sort of under 18s or under 21s team. Um, but I've got a feeling, Jem, they might have just lifted him out of the crowd. In fact, he could have been a pitch invader. <laughs> he could have been a pitch invader dressed in a West Ham kit that they just thought, put him on. Let, the, let him have a go. Can't do any worse. <laughs> so I don't know who he was. Good luck to him, though. He got on the pitch. He got on the pitch. And uh, I think he might have even kicked the ball once or twice. So well done. Well done to him. But, Jem, I'm going to say... This reminds me, talking of pitch invaders, uh, a little bit of news has come my way, Jim, which um, I haven't told you before this podcast because I want to get your reaction live on air. Um, Apparently, you remember the Liverpool kid who lifted the trophy at the the Klopp-Tuchel derby? I do remember this. The Carabao Cup. You mean the criminal, not the kid. The criminal. The the criminal, yeah. At the Carabao. He apparently... News has come through to me that he is the same kid who got onto a field at Liverpool and stole the match ball. The same kid. Remember when we talked about that a few months ago? I, I, I'm just the trying same. to calm down a bit, Dave, because as you're saying this, I'm gritting my teeth and clenching my fists. I'm so angry. <laughs> you know, I take back everything I just said about Liverpool. <laughs> Praising them because this is rewarding bad behavior, Dave. Yeah, that's sickening. And <laughs> ah, I'm just I'm absolutely fuming about this, Dave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what the punishment should be. I mean, clearly, the community service, the criminal record that the kid and, and the parents got hasn't been enough. Not it's not enough to send the kid on to steal a match ball in a league game. No, we're going to get him into the uh, into the royal box and get him lifting the trophy, as you said. All sorts of safety issues there, Jem, um, at, uh, at the Carabao Cup, um, and um, something needs to be done urgently. To all of our listeners, everyone who's listening now, I want to know what you think to this, because I want to know what you think should happen to this child and his parents and Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> we demand answers, okay. This is just unacceptable now. Uh, this kid has run onto the pitch, got a name for himself within within the crowd, you know, and now he's been shoved onto the onto the stage for the for the cup lifting. So, I want to hear what their views are, Dave, because I yeah. feel like we haven't we haven't we aren't the only ones with these views, Dave. We can't be. We need no. we need to get this going. We do. We've reached, already reached the end of our tether. We've got no more tether, have we? No, we haven't. So, so we need someone else to tell us where their tether is. And are we getting this out of proportion? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think a heavy jail sentence is is what is required. Minimum. Um, look, Jem, I, having now calmed you down a bit from just by introducing that, um, maybe we should move on to the Sunday afternoon game. Uh, Man City versus Man United. So you've had your you've had your Saturday evening entertainment. Liverpool won West Ham nil. Now on to the Sunday afternoon main course. 
City versus United, Jim. Well, Dave, I think you know, I think everyone knows what, what I'd have to say about this. But I'm interested to see what you think, Dave, because you've thrown it over to me. Mm. I'm going to throw it back over to you because is there any point in me ranting? Well, of course there is, Jim, because it's great entertainment for people listening. Um, I'm actually going to try to uh, praise Man United a little bit, or at least defend them a little bit. Because I watched this game objectively, Jem. Um, I didn't uh, have an axe to grind here. I didn't necessarily want City to humiliate United. So I wanted to, I wanted to see a good game. I think what I would say, Jem, to this, in all seriousness... United are playing counter-attacking football against a team that's very good at keeping possession. So one of the things you've got to do is get the ball off them. And in the first half, at least you competed. At least you competed. And actually scored a good goal. Hmm. I thought Sancho's goal was a, a nice goal. By the way, did you see there was someone had a bet at something like eight? <laughs> did you see that? I did see this. Something like 80 to 10 pound bet at 80 to 1 that he'd score from out, that Sancho would score from outside the area. And the ball was on the 18-yard line when he shot. And the bet didn't pay out. But that was, that was a nice little moment anyway for Sancho scoring. Yep. Got you back into the game. Uh, causing them some problems. Second half, though, Jim. I mean, we all heard Roy Keane's rants. You couldn't avoid them. They've been everywhere. Yep. We've all heard Roy Keane's rants. But I'll, I'll bring it back to, if you're going to play counter-attack in football, you've got to, you've got to get the ball to counter-attack with. And this stat of... City had 92% possession in the last 15 minutes. Yep. I worked this out, Jim. 8% of Manchester United possession, 8% possession in 15 minutes is 72 seconds. <laughs> That's a minute and 12 seconds that you oh, had the ball. Dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. A minute and 12 seconds. And you just got no ball winners, Jim. You got no ball winners to get the ball to your players who can then counter-attack. And really, you had no counter-attackers either. So... The whole thing was flawed, Jim. The whole thing was flawed in the second half. I know that people say they didn't work hard and they didn't try. But if you haven't got the ball, there's not much you can do. And they didn't have the personnel to get the ball, Jim. That's my objective opinion of this. Um, and that's, uh, you know, Roy Keane said, really criticised the players and said, you know, they need to play football rather than pay attention to their hair and the shoes they're wearing and all the rest of it. All I'd say to that is, well, that seems to work for Jack Grealish, doesn't it? I don't, you know, he didn't mention him, did he, with his hair and his shoes? So he had a good game. So I, I don't buy that from Roy Keane. So, Jim, there, there we are. I've tried to give an objective, an objective opinion. Okay, well, thanks for that. Uh, I'm glad you you tried to defend them a little bit, but I'm not buying it because <laughs> before I go on to my big rant, Dave. There was a bit of breaking news earlier on. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, Man United games are going to be shown on Comedy Central for the rest of the season. Um, so, fair play to to them. Uh, new channel for Man United fans to go and watch. It'll be it'll be back on. Uh, is it Channel Four the Europa League games next year? Is that what it is? I can't remember what game what what they're on, but basically Thursday nights um, will be on Comedy Central. Um. And Dave, I know I've said this many times, but I really mean it this time. We are a shambles of a football club. Absolute 
shambles of a football club. The club is in a dire mess, Dave. The players are pathetic. Honestly, I, I, I probably like three of them, and I'll, <laughs> I'll name them. Sancho, Varane, who wasn't even there because he's got COVID, and Elanga. And I, 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 I don't mind De Gea. He's a good shot stopper. I think as an overall goalkeeper, he's not great. Uh, he's not. He's not a. He's not a goalkeeper that comes and claims the ball. He's not a goalkeeper that can distribute the ball, but he keeps us in the games because of his amazing ability to shot stops. Nope, shot stops, stop shots. <laughs> anyway, that tongue twister. Yeah, try that one when you're on a rant. Um, <laughs> but the rest of them, Dave, they can all go. I couldn't care less about them. They're not likable. They're not likable footballers. They're not likable people. So. Get them out because whoever's been in charge of recruitment over the last 10 years, they need sacking. 80 million for Harry Maguire, 50 million for Aaron Wambasaka, 50 million for Fred, 40 million for Lindelof or Victoria Lindel flop. What on earth was he doing for that second goal? I mean, that second goal just sums us up, doesn't it, Dave? So, Alanga. I know, I know. I've just said I like him, but he did give the ball away, and this is an experience. Stupid pass, okay. The ball goes to Foden, little Foden, right? Instead of Lindelof holding his ground in a four-on-one situation, he tries to dive in and head it. What is he doing? The ball's gone over his head, and then he's stopped on the edge of the area and just not even sort of retreated back into the box. He's just stopped and watched everything alongside McTominay. The Bruyne's run past them both. De Gea makes a good save. Maguire tries to dummy it into the bo- middle of the box. No one's tracking him in. Another shot is is blocked. And then who stood there after running past two of our defensive-minded players? De Bruyne, and he taps it in. He's got. He's even got time for a touch, Dave. I was going to say he takes a touch and taps it in. Even time for a touch. McTominay and Lindelof have stood there shaking their heads. I'm shaking my head at them. Victoria Lindell flop and McDonald's, as I call them. I, I, I despise them, Dave. Honestly, they need a slap. They need a slap, all of them, because they give it this big enough to the game. Oh, we need to stick together. You've been saying that since, I don't know, for three years. They've been saying it for three years since Ollie came in. And I'm sick of them, Dave. Honestly, I am sick of them. I can't stand them anymore. Um, the problem is that I don't expect us to win the Premier League. We're not, we're not, we're not that club. We're, we should, we're, we're not that good enough. But I expect a bit of excitement. I expect us to be able to collect the ball like you say we can't with the eight eight percent possession. Get the ball, create some chances, compete, work hard. But no, we're not even a lovable club, Dave. We, we are a dis- we are a disgrace, and. This, this, unfortunately, will be the end of me this season. Uh, not on United United, but this will be the end of me supporting this football club, if I can call them a football club. They are, I don't know, the Glazers are turning them into some American franchise. Um, but unfortunately, I will not be watching the games again this season. Um, I will be a highlights man only. I'll be an armchair supporter. I won't be going to any of the games. And this is good riddance to this football club for me until the end of the season, Dave. Uh, <laughs> so that's all I have to say about them. 
Is that that's that's the only things you're going to say? That's, that's all you can say. Uh, uh, that's all I've got. Wow. Yeah, I think uh, you know you're playing against the best team in the league, Jim. And uh, I think when you play someone like I don't know if you got to play Norwich again, but when you play Norwich, they'll give you a good game. That'll be uh, that'll be competitive. Yep. You may you may you may change your tune, Jim. We'll see. We'll see. You got some. You've got some reasonable fixtures coming up, haven't you, over the next uh, few games? Just looking who you've got. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some reasonable fixtures. Oh, God. Gonna... Yeah. It's not, it doesn't get any easier, does it? Uh, we'll come on to who you're playing I'm glad you can feel. I'm glad you can feel the pain, Dave, because, you know... Uh, I compare it to the West Ham game, and I know you're probably thinking, "Ah, oh, come on, we lost as well." But you know, West Ham created chances. They actually had a bit of excitement in the game. I, I actually thought West Ham. I was actually off the edge of my seat because I thought West Ham were going to score a few goals. Man United. Uh, I, just the names of some of these players, Dave. Just the names of them. It just reminds me of the years gone on. I think I said about five years ago, we need to get rid of Matic. He's still not gone. Matter's still sat on the bench. McTominay is still our main midfielder. Yeah, he'd maybe be good at Norwich. He'd probably be he'd probably be a good player at Norwich. He's not Man United level, is he? You know, we're we're just a, we're just a shambles, Dave. We we are getting toyed with, and, and and you know, I've seen a lot of United fans moaning about Ranić. What is he meant to do? Honestly, he's got a load of incompetent players who are the highest paid players in the league. They're not going to listen to him. So I feel sorry for Ranić. I, if I if I was him. I'd be coming out at the end of the season, exposing the club, exposing the players, and that that you know that role that they're going to give him uh, upstairs in the club. I'd say, well, no, thank you. I'm going to tell everyone all about it, and uh, hopefully that'll get the Glazers to sell the club because nothing's going to change until uh, the owners change and the board changes. Because you know they'll keep making the same mistakes, signing idiots. Um, you know, you go on to social media, Dave. If you look at the big clubs in the Premier League, Chelsea have got in their in their bio champions of Europe. Man City have got seven time Premier League winners. Liverpool have got European champions, la la la. Man United get thirty five percent off of club shirts. That's <laughs> in their bio. So Well, that's they're flogging them off, aren't they? It's just you know, we should we might as well get Jesse March in charge, Dave. You get the American, get Pula Stitch in. We want to be an American Super Bowl team. Turn us into one of them. Shambles. Uh, okay, Jem. A couple of things to say about that. Just looking at your next few games, you've got, you got. Uh, we, we won't mention the next one because we're going to preview that in a minute. Uh, you got Atletico Madrid. You got Liverpool, Leicester. Everton, Norwich, Arsenal, Brentford, Brighton, Chelsea, and Crystal Palace. Jem, I'd say there's there's reasons for optimism there. There are some drawable games there. Well, we'll see in a couple of weeks' time when we play Norwich how good we are. That's our level. I'm looking forward to that game. That should be a good close game. But the rest of them, might as well give them up now. 16th of April. Big, big day for us. Big, big day. Uh, I was going to do a little feature, Gem, that we occasional feature we have. Defend the indefensible. Mm. Uh, I'm going to defend Harry Maguire. Oh, this should be fun. 
Look, Harry Maguire, Jem, he is a much misunderstood centre-back. Uh, his credentials are impeccable. Uh, uh, Premier League winner with Leicester. Is that right? Uh, I think he came after, but yeah, let's just say he is. Let's say he is. Associated with a Premier League team, Premier League winning team. So he's got some experience there. Uh, he's a, a player that needs, that is being let down by the players around him. He can only defend as well as the rest of his defence, Gem, And he's got players who just basically don't know what they're doing around him. I think he's under a lot of pressure with the whole captaincy thing and the Ronaldo thing. And he's managing that with dignity. I mean, you don't hear any leaks coming out from the club, do you, about internal wrangles over the captaincy? He's managing that very well. He's uh, He's got a lot of... Obviously, the court case in Greece from a couple of years ago is still weighing heavily on him, Jem. I mean, we've got a lot of sympathy with him for for what he might be going might what he might be going through despite whatever it was he did. Yep. So, you know, he's he's got broad shoulders, Jeremy, he's carrying a lot. And I think we need to cut the guy some slack. Quality you know, quality defender. Who can forget his performances in the World Cup in twenty eighteen? Uh those will all be obviously removed from the history books because that was in Russia, which uh, you know, that that no longer a sporting entity. So there's a lot going on for Harry Maguire, Jem, and uh, I think he's doing his best. You know what, Dave? To a certain extent, I agree with you. <laughs> Up to which bit? Quite a bit of it. But, okay. You know, he is being exposed because of the, the lack of quality around him. Uh, as soon as, you know, it doesn't take... A, a good pass to thread it through the midfield, through Man United's midfield. It's only Fred and McDominay stood there. Mm. And as soon as it goes behind them, they give up anyway. They don't retreat back into the box. So it does leave Harry Maguire exposed. And, you know, I said this the other day and I got a lot of stick. I said, Harry Maguire, it's not Harry Maguire's fault. People are just, you know, using him and using him as an easy target because he's, you know, the, the captain and he costs 80 million. He's the big, he looks like the big clump. <laughs> Sometimes he is the big clumsy idiot, but it's it's not all his fault. I mean, when you've got Wan Bissaka falling over his feet, Lindelof, I don't know, he's one of them worried about his hair. Um, McTominay not doing anything. I agree. Uh, Harry Maguire, he, he, when you just said then he, he had a great World Cup, he, he, he's you know he's England's best centre back. Can't deny that. So, yeah. That, that's that's when we play a three at the back, though. You know, there's an extra defender cover in there, so maybe Man United. That's that's a trick they're missing. Three at the back. Yeah, I'd say about six or seven at the back might help <laughs> at the moment, particularly when you're playing someone like City. Okay, let's move on, Jim. Yeah, move on. please. Let's. It's, I could talk about it all day and probably cry myself to sleep. So. So uh, that's you've done your first and your second team, Jem, by doing Man U and West Ham. Yeah. Uh, I guess I ought to move on to my second team, Jem. Yep. Yeah. And this was last night. So we, we're recording this on Tuesday. This was the Monday night game. It yep. was Spurs v Everton. Mm-hmm. I was a toffee. I was praising Frank Lampard in the last episode. Yep. What a great servant of the game, ex-West Ham player 
uh, one of the best midfielders this uh, this league has ever seen. Uh, one of the high scoring midfielders, perhaps the high scoring midfielder this league's ever seen. Yep. And uh, you know, there was a great chance for Everton to go to Spurs and cause some damage because Spurs, you know, were reeling off the back of the Middlesbrough defeat, yep. a club in crisis, Gem. So it was looking really good, and I settled down to this game last night with anticipation. And what a load of rubbish, Jim. <laughs> I mean, it was just it, it was just awful. It was 5-0 to Spurs. How have Everton allowed Spurs to win 5-0? I, I, it's just beyond me. Frank Lampard, you know, I was singing his praises. He's a West Ham reject, Jem. He's a, he's a Chelsea reject. <laughs> he's a Chelsea manager reject. He's not a manager. His, I don't know what his record is, Jim, with, with Everton exactly, but he's lost four out of the last five league games. Mm. In the last 11 league games, Everton's record is nine losses and two draws. In the last 19 league games, bear in mind we've only had, what, 27, 28. I don't know how many they've played, but 20-something. Um, in the last 19 league games, just two wins. This is relegation form, Jim. Yep. This is relegation form. You know, you could say Van der Beek, at least he escaped the Man United nightmare. Yep. But he's just stepped into another one. <laughs> I mean, is it him? Well, it's not him because United are still playing badly after he left. <laughs> it may be a curse, Dave, and it might have stuck. <laughs> the Van der Beek curse. Tottenham, of course... You know, one thing I will say that, that's going to help them with their sort of paying for their stadium, they'll be able to get the DVD of this game out into their club shop by Friday. Uh, this will be their big achievement of the season, the 5-0. It'll be in, you know, everybody's on everybody's Christmas list next uh, next Christmas. Remember that 5-0 win against Everton? Yeah, that was the high point, wasn't it? So, very, very annoying. Um, I think VAR played its part in this game as well, drawing the lines. Uh, and I think ruling a cane goal onside, which could have easily been offside, if I remember mm. rightly. So, but nevertheless, Everton, you've lost to Spurs. <laughs> you've lost 5-0 to Spurs. <laughs> what, what are you thinking? I mean, you deserve to go down. You deserve to go down after that performance. And honestly, Jim, they're in, they're in a lot of trouble. They haven't been relegated since 1951, I think. Yeah. They're in a lot of trouble. I mean, good. Is what I'm going to say. I'm, I renounce my support of the Toffees. Spit them out, Jim. I'm spitting them out. Well, you've summed it up perfectly, Dave, because if we go back a few episodes when Lampard was appointed, I need to double-check this, but I do believe I said it was an awful appointment. Uh, they they could be in trouble. And I reckon he'll be sacked by the end of the season or he'll be leaving at the end of the season when... He thinks he's too good for the championship, but that's his level, Dave. Yeah, he did a good job at Derby County when he signed about six of Chelsea's reserve team. Yeah, but that's his level. Frank Lampard, I said, you know, I, I can remember some of the things I said about him in this episode, and he's not a manager. He's just not got it. He's not got. I was watching one of his interviews with Deli Ali. He just doesn't. He just doesn't seem a manager. No. He, he seems. He seems very. He gets offended very easily, Dave, and he starts defending the wrong things that really don't matter. So, yeah, I mean, shambles. My mum was not happy. I have been teasing her all 
all week about Frank Lampard and um, and, and and Everton because of their shambolic form in recent weeks. But yeah, I mean, they are in trouble. Like you said, Dave, they could be. Would you say they could be the biggest team that have been relegated from the Premier League? We could argue Newcastle, maybe, but. I'd say the biggest team that have been relegated from the Premier League since, or from the top flight since. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to say? Uh, oh, I was I was casting my rod. So, uh... well, it's definitely the biggest team since uh, 1974, whenever it was when United went down. That's for sure. So, no, it's a it's a big team. Well, it's a, probably the biggest team since Norwich last got relegated. <laughs> so that wasn't long ago, was it? No. So yeah, they are they are a shambles, Gem. And the sooner they go, the better. And yeah. Lampard can go with them. In fact, I don't think I really, honestly, don't think he's going to make the end of the season because if he carries on this form, they are going to get relegated. <laughs> yep. So that'll be what their third manager this season if yep. he goes. Yep. So goodness knows where they go from here. So yeah, good good riddance to them. I'm not supporting them anymore. Uh, we've got them. West Ham have got them uh, on the third of April, and I'll be going to that game. Uh, and Come on, Everton. <laughs> well, no matter how bad United and United are, Jim, <laughs> at least we're not Everton. That's all I can say. Well, let's just be careful what we say, Dave, because we've both got Everton. I think we've got Everton probably the week after or a week before you. So let's yeah. just let's just you know hold our horses here. They'll, yeah. they'll probably beat us both. <laughs> probably will. Us. This is going to come back to us, isn't it? Yeah. So that's that was that. Terrible, terrible game. What a miserable evening. What a miserable end to the weekend that was. Monday night football. I, I had to endure the Liverpool game, then the Man U City game, and then that. Yep. What a terrible, terrible weekend of football. What Match day 28, rubbish. <laughs> Roll on match day 29, that's what I say, Jem. I agree. Talking of which, let's do some previews. Uh, now, we're going to do the European uh, matches this week because there's, there's only two that we're interested in. So we're not going to do a full episode on this. So we're yep. going to bundle, bundle these in with match week, uh, match day 29. Yep. So West Ham, Jem, yep. West Ham in the round of 16. Remember, we topped our group in the Europa League yep. Thursday night, 5.45 p.m. kickoff. Not sure how I feel about that, Jem. It feels wrong. It feels like a, the wrong time. The wrong time, but we're away to Seville in the first leg of the round of 16. Yep. Seville, they don't know much about them, Jim. They've not done much, have they, in this competition over the years? I think they've only won it six times, <laughs> something like that. And the, the final is in their stadium this year, so mm. I'm sure they'll be expecting to get there for the seventh time. And I think we'll oblige, Jim. I think I can see a 4-0 defeat here for West Ham. <laughs> Too big a mountain to climb in the next leg. And we'll probably, you know, just lose 1-0 in the, in the second leg. Yeah. But um, I've got tickets for the second leg. Uh, a lot of my family are going to the second leg as well. So, you know, it'll be the, the game, the tie will be done by the time we get there, Jim. <laughs> we'll all be wishing we had... the evening out for the second leg. Yeah. <laughs> just a social evening. We probably won't even watch the football. <laughs> So they've got some good catering facilities at West Ham down down the bottom where you can't actually see the football. So we might spend the time down there. So that's um, that's that game. Uh, you're supporting a team midweek, aren't you, Jim? I am. It will actually be tonight, uh, oh. as we are recording this on the Tuesday Tuesday, um, yeah. Tuesday night. Uh, Inter Milan are going to be my team. Yeah, I'm it's sure you've 
You've been you've been here before, haven't you? Supporting this lot, yeah. I have. Um, just just you know, we're two 0 down, Dave, and it was an undeserved two yeah. 0 as well in the first yeah. leg. We actually did all right. We didn't have many chances, but we we created quite a lot, and we've just come off the back of I think a four or five one win in the league. Maturo Martinez, absolutely fantastic player, uh, striker alongside Edin Dzeko. Into mm. Milan, we're fighting with AC Milan at the top of the league in Serie A. Yep. yep. Dave, Jurgen Klopp said they're going to come out and attack the game. Liverpool are. And I think there's an opportunity here for Inter Milan. They've got some brilliant players. They've got nastiness in their team, Dave, which is what I like about them. They've got Brozovic in midfield. He was a nasty midfield player. I like that. <laughs> and they've got some big, rock-solid centre backs. And then they've got the two beasts up top in at Latura Martinez and Jekko. So I, I can see this being a bit of a um a bit of a, a scrappy game, but I, I could see us getting something, Dave. If we get an early goal, I'll be very, very interested to see what happens. So hopefully it's not going to be another defeat because I don't think I can take another one this week. But I I, I think this could be a good game. It might be worth a watch, Dave. It- would be, Jim, if I hadn't let my BT subscription lapse. Uh, so I'll be following this on the radio or maybe on live scores. So, yeah, looking forward to that one, Jim. And, uh, yeah, good to hear that you're supporting a decent team now. Yeah. So that's excellent. That's excellent to hear. I will be my next team uh, or my next, uh, yeah, the next team I'll be supporting. Well, let's come on to that in a minute. I'll just do who West Ham are playing. Um, we're at home to Villa. Stephen Gerrard, okay. yep. on Sunday. I'll be going to this game with my friend Kevin, who used to listen to this podcast, but I think he's given up because <laughs> just so we go, we just rattle on so much about boring stuff. I think he just had enough of it. Uh, so, Kevin, I'll, I'll have to. You're probably not listening to this, so I'll be WhatsApping you about arrangements for Sunday. So, looking forward to that game, Jem. Yep. Uh, obviously, with Villa coming off the back of a really good performance the other day. Uh, we're going to lose this game, Jim. We're, we're, we're on a, we, we've, we've gone to the well too many times, West Ham. We're, we're using about 13 players. Uh, there's no rotation in that. It's just, uh, you know, covering for injuries, really. Bowen's hurt his heel. Heel injury, Jim. Heel injury. Yeah. Mm. He's hurt his heel. So he's not playing for a couple of games. So we're down to the bare bones, as Harry Redknapp used to say. Yep, and I think we're going to struggle, Jem. Coutinho's pulling the strings for Villa. I, I can see us losing quite heavily in this one, maybe three nil. Well, Dave, so that, yeah. just, just on this game, it's, it's a game that has interested me for years because you know Villa and West Ham playing well identical kits, basically mm. home kits, and I think you've got an advantage here, Dave, being the home side because the Villa players are going to be that used to play uh, passing it to. Claret and blue, you know, the the players that aren't as switched on, they may forget, Dave. So we could see Coutinho playing it a through ball to Antonio, thinking that he's playing it yeah. the other way. And he could, oh no, I've played it to Antonio. And I, th- I think there could be something in this, Dave. I like that, Jim. That's an angle I hadn't thought of, uh, and it could work in our favour. So let's let's see how that goes, Jim. I'll, I'll be watching out for that. I'll be watching out for Villa players playing uh, passing to us. Yep. Nice thought, Jim. And uh, I've just had a thought, actually. I'm going to cover that later. Uh, just make a note, Jim. 
uh, message from Charlie. He, he gave me something interesting. So I'll come back yeah. to that. Uh, and then you, Jem, are uh, you've got uh, your first team and your second team. Who, who, who have you got this week? Well, uh, who are my first team anymore, Dave? I don't even know who they are anymore. But <laughs> the team that I say I support, Manchester United, we've got a home game Saturday yep. evening. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a few, I'm in a, I'm in a, uh, a Facebook group where a lot of local Man United fans, uh, they post onto this. I, I don't really post. I, I just read what people are posting. But Man United fans local to me. And I've seen a lot of Man United fans trying to sell these tickets, saying, you know, I'll give you a half-price discount to get rid of these tickets. Um, it's against Spurs, Dave. Oh, God. <laughs> so I've got to support Man United. This so week. welcome to Manchester United Football Club, Dave. Welcome. Welcome back, I'm about to say. Uh, yes, you're right. You are going to be a Man United supporter. Uh you know, we might as well have one supporter on here because I won't be watching for sure. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it, Dave. Have you got any thoughts towards this game? Well, I, you know, I actually haven't done my usual switch of slagging off Man United and then uh, and then praising them. I did praise them before, and I think Man United uh, are a team that can. Oh, they could. <laughs> <laughs> what could they do? I mean, it is. It's almost like the stuff of nightmares, isn't it? <laughs> Thinking about that defence against Son and Kane, oh. it's like, I mean, is Maguire going to get any sleep between now and now and Saturday? It's just frightening. It's just, it's horrific. It, it could be, it could be carnage, Jem, to be frank. It could be carnage. I'm, I'm going to support Man United, obviously. I'm going to support Man United. And I, I really, I can't envisage any way they can win, but I'm really, I'll be rooting for them 100%, Jem. Well, Dave, I just want to just one point I want to make about this game. The reverse fixture when it was at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was actually the El Sakiko. <laughs> yes, it was. So it was Oli versus Nuno, and Oli. You know, I wanted us to lose that game because if he if we lost, Oli was sure to be sacked, and we won three 0 mm. and that meant Nuno was sacked because of their mm. poor form. Mm. That meant Conte went to Tottenham, Dave. Mm. And then we waited three, four games. Eventually, I think we lost 5 0 to Liverpool, then to City, and then eventually lost 4 1 to Watford, and Oli was sacked. But, you know, I predicted back then when Conte joined Spurs, I said, We are idiots. This club is full of idiots. Okay, we waited too long. We missed out on Conte, and we're going to get battered by Tottenham, and Tottenham will, you know, finish above us. I predicted that back in, I think, December. This is a chance for Man United to prove me wrong. I don't think they'll prove me wrong. I think I am correcting what I'm saying. I believe in what I say, Dave. And I believe that Man United are going to lose this game. The only hope we've got, Jem, is Spurs seem to be doing a very Spursy thing of winning a game, losing a game. Yep. Winning a game, losing a game. So they've just won a game, Jem. So... Hopefully, this is now where they lose one. Yep. Just do that Spursy thing of losing, and then Conte will be contemplating his entire existence again. So that's all we can live in hope for, Jim. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll both be supporting Man United on Saturday. So it'll be an interesting podcast next time to see how our, our team got on. 
Yeah. And another club that I'll be supporting on Saturday, Dave. Yeah. Uh, my second team. Yeah. I might, might as well call them my first team this week. I'll tell you what, Dave. If this team get a win, it'd really brighten up my my week. Because it's... Graham Potter's Brighton. Yes. Uh, Brighton Hove Albion. What a club. Yeah. You know what, Dave? Let's hope they are the Seagulls and hopefully not the Seaweed. Quote, Dave. And, and that one's for you, Jamie. That's a great joke. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, the way, it's the way we tell them, Jamie. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jamie, J- Jamie basically, you know, he says that I don't laugh at his jokes, but I do laugh at his jokes. He's, he's a very funny guy. He just, um, you know, just United United is different, Jamie. The jokes are just are just too good here. So, yeah, hopefully we're not seaweed. Um, it's at Brighton. It's at our stadium, the Amex. So, come on, Graham Potter, work that magic. You know, I think did we did we draw at Anfield at a field in Liverpool one one earlier on in the season? I think, I think you might have done. Yeah, I think we drew one one, and that's why I was talking about the the magic of of Potter and um, Wow, Dave. If Neil Mope oh. slots one in the back of the net, oh, I'm I'm going to be so happy. It's the he, early game on Saturday. He he will be shushing everybody, Jim. Oh, please, 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 please. You shush the Brighton crowds if you need to, Neil. <laughs> we we need you because you know them Brighton fans. They are disrespectful to their manager, booing Graham Potter at the, at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, and their, their performances. And look where you are now. So, yeah. you know, Neil Mope, come on, lad. I've got I've got so much faith in him, and I've got a feeling he could he could he could surprise a few people on Saturday day. So hopefully it's going to be a good Saturday this week, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So it could it starts off at uh, half twelve with that game. Yep. And then rapidly goes into the uh, Man United Spurs game at five thirty. Is that? Yeah. I'll be watching. I'll be tuning into both of those, Jem. That's for sure. And then I'll be at the West Ham game on Sunday. So yep. we can review those next time, Jem. While we're here, um, a little bit of uh, Leeds Galaxy watch. Um, Jesse Jesse March Marsh March. Not sure. I was I was unsure because you pronounced him March. I pronounced him Marsh, and I thought, well, look up how his name's spelled. M-A-R-S-C-H. <laughs> yeah. it's, op- it's open to interpretation, Jim. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jesse Marsh. Uh, away to the Leicester Foxes, the Leeds Galaxy. Uh, not a great start. Uh, 1-0 defeat, Jim. But, you know, they've got, they have got all the stars, haven't they, the Leeds Galaxy? As we said last time, they've got Dan James. All the stars they've got. All the stars. Uh, Luke Ayling. Yep. All the stars. And then Stuart from Dallas. Very good. Uh, <laughs> very appropriate player. Stuart very from good. Dallas. Yeah, Stuart, good. I think it's Stuart, Dallas. So I assume he's from Dallas. <laughs> so that's good to see, Jem. And we're looking forward to a bit more uh, soccer ball from Jesse Marsh, his team, yeah, over Ma- the next next few weeks. Yeah, we are definitely. You know, it is a loss for them in his first game, Dave. And I, I can see them continuing this as well. Sorry to be negative, but... That's why I've renamed them the Leeds Timbers because I can see them <laughs> falling down the league. There's not much further they can go. Who have they got this week then? Oh, you put me yes. on the spot there. I've I put you on the spot. Google it quick. Uh, so they are going to be against. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Jesse Marsh, Marsh, yeah. Marsh versus 
Dean Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, will Dean Smith outwit <laughs> the US football genius? Or will the US football genius outwit the Norwich football idiot? <laughs> you know, that's on Sunday, though, Dave. I believe there's Premier League games in the week. Oh, yes. Oh, so I've missed out a game, Dave. There's actually yeah. Premier League games on Thursday. Yeah. So before he comes up against... Um, Dino Smith. Dino Smith. He'll be up against the team. He'll be, he'll be looking to tire out the team that you're up against, Dave. They're oh, playing brilliant. the villains. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, Stephen Gerrard's villains, hopefully, tired out by... Yeah, Leeds Galaxy. Soccer ball. Yeah. Looking forward to that, Jim. Yep. Really looking forward to that. Okay. So, I think that's... Uh, we've got to do your most frustrating, I think. Yeah, before I do that, Dave, I just want to pick up on uh, someone that's not been mentioned in a while. Yep. Uh, and that's Patrick Vieira. Oh. Uh, you know, you gave him a lot of stick and sacked by September at the start of the season. And, mm. you know, I think you denied that a few times, but we can go back and listen. And You definitely <laughs> said that. They've just beat Wolves at Molyneux 2-0. Uh, a team that West Ham struggled. Well, they, they didn't beat. They lost to Wolves. Palace are going and beating, beating Wolves 2-0 away. Uh, I just want to hear your thoughts on Vieira at the minute, Dave, because they're playing some wonderful stuff. They, they are playing some good football. Uh, and I just, I just want to hear what you, you've got to say about Vieira at the minute. They might be playing some wonderful stuff, Jem. They might be playing some wonderful stuff. But Vieira is a fraud. <laughs> he won't last till the end of the season. I've been saying it all season, Jem. I'm, I'm being consistent here. He's brought a style of football to Palace where the players don't really know what they're doing. I mean, he's brought some young players in, Conor Gallagher. Who's the other guy that he's brought in? Who's Elise? Um, Elise. Uh, you know, these are kids. You don't win anything with kids, Jim. You don't win anything with kids. They are a shambles, Jim. Palace, and he is going to be found out sooner or later. It's just, it's, it's a bit more later than sooner than I would have wanted, Jim. But he is going to be found out. Uh, Ian, if you're listening, uh, I know you're, uh, you're, you're a Vieira fan, but it's all misplaced. He's, he will be found out sooner or later, Jim. It's, it's that first season syndrome. Teams are a bit confused by the fact that Vieira is managing a club. And uh, it's, all going to, it's all going to end in tears, Jim, as it always does. Well, at the minute, he's in line for the Man United job. So keep it going, Patrick. We believe in you. <laughs> Um, but on to my most frustrating person, Dave. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got another guy we need to, you know, come back to. But I'll, I'll wait for the next episode on that one. Yeah, we've not mentioned him either. But frustrating. Um, well, it's a Man United play, Dave. You're probably not surprised by that. Uh, yeah, I, I could have picked them all, really. <laughs> but it's someone who actually wasn't in the starting eleven. It's someone who was uh, sulking on the bench, like usual, sulking. Uh... Sir Dr. Marcus Rashford, PhD, MBE. <laughs> uh, we remember him, right? You know, this, uh, yeah. this do good, do good guy. He was um, virtually running the country about a year ago, Jim. Yep. And look where that's got him now into his, in, in his football, uh, football career. Well, there's talk of him joining West Ham at the end of the season. <sighs> well, I, I don't think it'd be good enough for you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I just want to say, if he's not careful, I've said this plenty of times, he's going to end up at Crystal Palace with Wilfred Zahar playing Vieira ball. 
Uh, it could be the next Danny Welbeck. And Danny Welbeck, you know, no disrespect to Danny Welbeck because he is a Premier League winner with Manchester United and he scored plenty of goals for Man United and England. At one point, he was England's number one striker. But obviously, his career did go downhill because of injuries. So he's now, well, I won't say downhill because he's at Brighton. He's at a great club. But, you know, he, he's he ended up at Arsenal at one point and that's that's pretty low point in your career. So, <laughs> you know... Marcus Rashford is starting to become the forgotten man. He can't even get on the starting eleven. He's being dropped for England. And now, Dave, the day after the... Well, yesterday, the day after the, the derby that we got smashed in. Hmm. Coming out that he's considering his future. And that's probably <laughs> where the West Ham rumours have come in and the PSG rumours have come in. <laughs> I'm sick of him, Dave. Because he is Mr. PR, isn't he? Mr. PR team. Um, he's probably going to come out and defend the rumours that are coming out. But a close source has said that he's considering his future if, if he doesn't get his starting starting game time. And we know all these leaks are coming from the club because the, the club is pathetic and, you know, it can't stop anything because these players have the control over this club. And you know what, Dave? If Marcus Rashford wants to go, get him gone. Okay, him and Jesse Lingard, they can go. No problem for me. They're not good enough. They came on. Um, against Man City 2-1 down and we ended up conceding two goals didn't add anything to our, our attacking play um, and if he doesn't want the challenge Dave to fight for his place in the team then he's not even going to get in at Palace he's not even <laughs> going to get in at any of these clubs at West Ham he's not, I'd pick Jared Bowen over Rashford at the minute any day okay um, I, honestly I don't know what's happened to this kid he he was a shining light because of what he was doing. And, you know, he's still doing great things for this country. Fine. But his football, if we just look away from that at the minute, the football inside of it is sulking, is miserable, is whinging. Uh, I don't think that these players, Ronaldo, Bruno, are having a good, uh, a good positive effect on him. But, you know, wow, Dave. He has declined so much. Well, he's sulking and whinging because he's having to play for Man United. That's the biggest problem in his life at the moment that he's trying to rectify. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned Lingard there, which uh, just reminds me, Jem, that of uh, Lingard's coming up for free transfer in the summer. And, you know, after his links with West Ham last year when he did brilliantly for us, I'm really looking forward to him joining us but I suspect he'll go to Newcastle for a big payday. <laughs> and talking to Newcastle, Jim, that just brings me on to one other thing I wanted to mention. Amanda Staveley, mm. the joint owner of Newcastle. Uh, I think she's a joint owner, um, or at least the chief executive. Uh, I should probably find out exactly what her title is, but you know, we all know Amanda Staveley. She's yep. one, of the, one of the faces of Newcastle. And she came out with this this week, um, it's not fair that Abramovich has to give up his club. This is in reference to Roman Abramovich giving up Chelsea. What universe is she living in, Jem? The wrong one. It's not fair that he has to give up his club, Chelsea. Not fair. I sort of go a little bit further than that. Uh, it's not fair that Ukraine's been invaded, I would say, mm. to her. Yeah. And it's not fair that human rights are being trashed in the Middle East, in Saudi. Yep. But she, think, she supports that, Dave. She supports that. Think, think on Amanda Staveley. 
got we've got all political there, Jem. But it just needs to be said. You can't come out with comments like that. How is it not fair? I mean, it just gives us more reason to despise Newcastle Football Club. Mm. So long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, not not the Ukraine stuff, but long oh, no. may Amanda Staveley putting her foot in it continue because it makes them easy to dislike. So that was that, Jem. Uh, and a quick one. Uh, we're running. We're running. It's a long episode today again. So hopefully this is helping people with their with their insomnia. Uh, I think you wanted to mention Derby. Did want to mention Derby Watch. Uh, Waza has got them back into winning ways, Dave. Yep. Uh, a win against Barnsley. A two 0 win. Ravel Morrison with a double. Ah, uh, Ravel Morrison. Uh, a link to both our teams, Jem. Yes, a, a big link. The Wonder Kid. Who, the Wonder Kid. We loved him at West Ham. He scored a fantastic solo goal against Spurs. I, I remember, remember that goal. Brilliant goal. From the halfway line. Skipped yep. past a few players. Scored. Great yeah, talent. Great Upton talent. Upton Park, wasn't it? Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the goal. It was them days. I remember. It was. They were the good old days. And what a player, Dave. I mean, he, he's obviously had his problems, but he's, he's, he's a shining light in that squad. He's... Uh, He's got technical ability, that's for sure. And he scored two mm. beautiful goals. The, the team goal that they scored the other day was yeah. was beautiful. Yeah, Rooney ball. Yeah. Absolute Rooney ball. And the question is of offside, but you know, we, we can't disallow goals like that. It was beautiful. So, yeah, uh, really happy for them. I don't know how many points they are from safety now, but I'm sure it's back to five, maybe. It's five. I checked it, Jem. It's five points from safety. They've got Reading in their sights. And if they hadn't had the points deduction, they would be about 10 points off the playoffs now. Well, so so fantastic. We're this is a great, the great escape, the greatest escape ever is still on. Yep, and I think they could do it, Jem. I think we doubted them. We may have doubted them last week, but they're back on track. And finally, Jem, for me, uh, a little. Um, it just popped into my mind earlier on. I said I'd come back to it. Um, yep. A little thing that Charlie picked up on. Uh, my son Charlie, who's an avid listener. He listens to these on his run because it says it helps him uh, mask the pain of his run. <laughs> he's, he's, he's training for half marathons at the moment. God knows why, but okay. he's doing half marathons. He's doing a half marathon a month, and he, he uses these on his training run to sort of zone out. Anyway, uh, these podcasts. And he picked up on the butterfly effect that we talked about of the you switching on the TV in Paris. Oh, yeah. Okay. Causing... What happened? The Man, Man United, United equalised. Equalised. Yep. And I said the butterfly effect, but I'm not sure. I'd have to think about how that would work. Anyway, Charlie's done the thinking for us. Okay. So this is what he's come up with. There is. Uh, where where was the game? Where was it being played? What it was in Madrid. In Madrid. So Atletico, wasn't it? Yep. So there's an Atletico supporter who's also into his stats, right? Okay. And he's on his phone, and he's monitoring the levels of support that are coming in from around the world for his team versus yep. Man United. So he's actually, for some reason, this guy's monitoring the, the, the um, TV audience. Yep. So the Man United supporters and the Atletico supporters. And, you know, that's... Um, I don't know how he's doing that, Jim, but let's just say he is, right? <laughs> you, as a Man United supporter, then switch on your TV in Paris. And... That somehow registers on his stats that, and he's at the game, on his stats, that, oh, another Man United supporter has tuned in. So a non-Atletico supporter, someone someone from somewhere other than uh, Madrid has tuned in. 
Mm. And he panics. He panics because it's like, wow, wow, there's the there's more Man United supporters tuning in. And um, he panics and gives out an audible sigh, a groan, like a groan of disappointment. It's like, oh, everyone's against us. <laughs> and that gets transmitted through the crowd onto the pitch. And the player's like, oh, what, what's happening? What's happening? You know, the, the support's not there all of a sudden. And then they lose concentration. And then that's when Man United strike. Brilliant. Far-fetched or... I Pretty think that's spot on. I think that is that is what the butterfly effect's all about. So well yeah. done, Charlie. Yeah. Um that's 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 what it's all about, Dave. You know, the knock on effect. So yeah. Perfect. It was perfect. So you're switching on a TV in a Paris hotel room to tune into that match materially affected the game, Jen, and that's how it happened. You know, that 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 just puts a smile on my face now, Dave, because I I feel some sort of I feel like I've got a bit of accomplishment from that. Yeah. I I was part of the the equaliser, so yeah. And actually, Jim, if we extend that, you're switching off of the TV for the Man City game. Probably kept it to four one. <laughs> well, I just turned it off at three one. So three uh... one. Okay. <laughs> well, because at that point, City thought you know that it got transmitted to them that oh, Man United fans are all switching off. We don't need to try. We don't need to humiliate them anymore. And then they were like, well, just one more, just one more goal. That'll be enough. And then they backed off. So, well done, Jem. I think your switching the TV on and off is having a big effect on the results of your team. So, think maybe on. I'll have to uh, continue with the TV then, even though I said I'm I'm done with it. But maybe I'll have to. Well, I think switching it on, switching it off. I didn't get that. Did you try again? Wow. <laughs> Did you it? Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. We've just had another example of the robots taking over my Apple Watch. <laughs> Has just somehow heard you, Dave. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, match day 28. I am alive at this current moment. It is quarter to six. Oh, and he's just going again. But, right. Dave, the robots are coming. <laughs> the robots are coming. I am going to be monitoring this with interest and making sure Jim is safe because his Apple Watch is starting to turn him against him. He said, he, "What did he say? He didn't get this. He, he didn't get this. So he's he's not agreeing with our logic, and once the robots start disagreeing with our logic, that's how that's how um, it all escalates, isn't it? That's certainly how it escalated in Terminator Two. <laughs> so I think that's how it all escalates, Jim. Uh, Skynet will be switched on next, and then we'll be in trouble. So I think uh, we need to monitor that very carefully, Jim. The robots are coming. People do not encourage the robots." Do not encourage these robots, especially not to talk to each other. I've been saying this for the whole season now. Do not encourage the robots. And there's evidence of why we shouldn't be encouraging the robots. So thank you, Jim. Yeah, I, I actually, my, my Apple Watch is on my left arm and I can't move my left arm at the minute. It's sort of trapped. So uh, I think the robots are taking over. Um, I think probably call it on this day. We'd probably better end. And then you need to call the authorities, Jim. But I don't know how you're going to because they won't let your Apple Watch won't let you make the call. Um, shout out for your mum, Jem. See if is 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 mum. Are you are you at your mum's today? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. It's going to be a big shout then. Um, okay, I don't know what to do there. I'm Jem. alone. I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Dave. I'm happier now than I was during the Manchester derby. So. Oh, On that note, Dave, it's goodbye from me. Yeah, maybe forever, Jem. Uh, it's been nice knowing you. Goodbye. Thank you.